Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello and the Drop-In CEO, and I am so grateful you have joined us for another episode of the podcast where week after week, I have the good fortune of sharing insights with you. Hopefully, I inspire you. Hopefully, in the end, I provide amazing value so that you can improve your situation, improve the capability of your teams, and ultimately, I want you to succeed. And again, Dave, (laughs) thank you for imparting those wisdom. He only wants to see me succeed as the drop-in CEO, and I want to see you succeed. So today, today, I have some things on my mind about, you know, leaders sometimes drop into situations for which, you know, they're highly capable. They're the go-to person. They're the reason why they drop them into a team. And then when they drop in, they find these teams are in chaos. They're not performing optimally. And sometimes the old playbook of just, you know, having the perfect people on your team is not always working and you find yourself lost. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about unleashing potential or the resilience of your team and helping them with some of the essential skills that allow them to be more agile and lean. And when I talk about lean, it's waste reduction, being more efficient. Ultimately, those are the things in the undertow that are detracting from the great work that you're trying to do. But you know, as always, I always love to share a little bit of a story just to make it more real, get you a little bit more comfortable before I share some of these insights with you. And it is curling season for me. And by the time this episode releases, I will be probably on my way to Detroit, Michigan with a group of fine women that have hardly curled ever in a bond spiel or a tournament, which uh, bond spiel is curling language. And when I look at the collective years of the three additional ladies coming with me on the team, they are maybe four years or less between the three individuals. Again, lovely people, highly talented, love the chemistry. And then I have my experience. I'm about a 16 or 17 year curler. The thing about this, which makes this super exciting, is that I get to share my love of curling uh, with these women and also trying to create a team dynamic that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the outcome is that people feel like they belong, they feel like they've built friendships and relationships, that they've honed their skills, and overall, it is a great experience. Now, not that we've set our expectations low. We want to make sure that one, we have a good time, that we are safe, that nobody gets injured in the process. And ultimately, we want to play our best in a collaborative way with great communication and achieve the best results that we can. And so what I need to do as the captain or the skip is to look at the collective capability of the people, look at their confidence, look at their technical skills, look at the conditions of the ice, look at what the other team is doing, and do we need to play an offense? or defensive strategy. At the end of the day, it's the outcome that we're looking for is confidence, 
great experience. And if we happen to win an end or we happen to win a game, then we reap the rewards of doing all the good work, all the stuff we need to do and ultimately achieve a great outcome. So when you think about curling, I have to do my best. And again, it depends on everybody else. They need to come to the table to do my best to unleash their potential. So I share this story with you because, again, if you love the environment you're in and the people that you're around, you need to find a way to eliminate the barriers or evolve their skills to be able to achieve the outcome that you're looking for, not necessarily results. And you hear me talk about this over and over again. Businesses are sometimes short-sighted when they want to measure you only in terms of the results because it's very visible or we've been smart enough to put some metrics around it. But the true thing that we should be measuring are the leading indicators of people's confidence and their capability and their capacity. But we've not yet put numbers around those things. And I bet you a smart person, or maybe if I have a moment, can create those scales to evaluate those three dimensions, confidence, capability, and capacity to do the work. When we close those gaps improve their performance in those areas, then their technical accomplishments soar. You unleash their potential and ultimately you achieve those results. Now, a little bit of a framework for this where I want to spend some time imparting some thoughts with you so that you understand what this looks like and maybe you can translate this into your own situation. So key points for when I drop in it is so often at a point of chaos, a point of change. And ultimately, when I drop in, it's not necessarily to do the technical work, but I need to regain or gain trust of the team so that they can perform. And so we have to form a lot of human connections. So the first step, and a lot of CEO-minded people will do this first, is assess the talent and really see their value, whether it's their value here and now elsewhere in the organization or potentially their future. And it's all about having the players in the right place. You could have hired somebody for a particular role and maybe they're doing it, but they're not being challenged. And you notice these hidden talents to go someplace else. Yes, make sure they do the job at hand, but also as a leader, you need to be able to see their potential because ultimately the organization, and by the way, don't forget your customers, are going to realize that value by having the right people in the right place, not just now, but in the future. The second thing I want you to think about, and this is a time waster. <laughs> so we talk about lean here. A time waster is we need to establish the levels of authority and their capability and capacity to do critical thinking and have the right decision-making capability. When we strip this of our people, it is wrought with waste because people have to check, they have to send emails, they have to have meetings. And when we don't do this right, or we don't have it set at the right level, there is waste. And you know what leaders say? We need more people. We need more resources. We need more equipment when unfortunately they don't look at the waste and the lack of lean capability and processes below any initiative that you might talk about. And then the last thing is ways of working and barrier removal. When you drop into a situation, you need to see how connected people are, how much they're checking in, how much do they need to help to remove their barriers, because you may find that people just don't have the authority or the support of their leadership, or they don't have a forum to bring problems or proposals to, then we don't 
unleash their potential because they are working too hard against barriers. And ultimately, you're going to burn the people out. Now, again, I told you three areas that you need to think about in order to unleash the resiliency, assessing your talent, establishing the levels of authority, capability, and capacity, and also establish ways of working and barrier removal. Now, I hope you took note of all this. What I'm going to do is give you three short stories to really bring it home and where I have encountered these things and solved such problems. I'm interrupting this episode to offer you an absolutely free opportunity to help you move your career forward in the next 12 months. If you're a mid-level leader who has a desire to accelerate your leadership impact but lacks a support system, let's jump on a call for 30 minutes and let me share with you the secrets of a C-suite. You already have what it takes as being that subject matter expert and leader of teams. However, you've not yet developed those essential skills that enable you to be heard, seen, and respected as a strategic leader. Head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on my contact page and schedule a conversation with me. It may be the best 30-minute investment you make in your career, and aren't you worth it? For me, I also want to simply see you succeed. And now, back to the conversation. So... I am fortunate. I dropped into a situation. It was a food manufacturer, and I was responsible as the chief quality leader for the first, second, and third shift supervisor, as well as the people under them and ultimately supporting manufacturing. Now, when I assess the talent, love these people, love, love, love them. The first shift supervisor was exceptionally capable, but was not allowed to make independent decisions and always had to check with the manager, hence why I dropped in and the other one was out. And that slowed them down. And then the second shift supervisor, they were capable, they were passionate, they were a teacher. And while they had some personal issues they were dealing with for which you had to give them some forgiveness forgiveness and latitude, they were really capable of doing more than the role that they were in. And then finally, my third shift supervisor, they were very capable, but they were never mentored and never received any guidance. And Basically, they were fulfilling a third shift administrative role and not really providing a lot of direction. I had three good people that needed support and confidence despite labor shortages and a fast-moving environment. So I had talent. First shift, I had to unleash their potential. I said, do you have the capability, the knowledge, the specifications to make a decision? They said, yes. I said, then just do it. (laughs) I said, if you ever have a question, come to me in case I need to help you through your thinking. The second shift person, amazing, great work that they did. I later found out that they got a new role after I departed that truly leveraged their thinking, their can-do attitude, and their leadership and their ability to teach and train others. So I'm so grateful that after I left the organization, they took the recommendation and moved them up. And the third person, I'm not exactly sure what happened to that person, but during my time there, I saw their confidence build because I spent some time with them. Third shift is hard, but I would call them at five or six in the morning or call them on Saturday or Sunday when I could get a hold of them and provide them the coaching and mentoring that they needed. I will tell you by the time I left that assignment, we had confident people. They were making decisions and making decisions faster and taking time away from me a lot less so I could focus on the strategic work. Leverage your talent to unleash their potential. Let's go to the second one, establishing the levels of authority, capability, and capacity. 
I kind of touched on this, but we got to give them back the power. They don't need me to check on them. Again, if we've trained the people, if we've hired great people, they should be able to make the right decisions and only by exception if the conditions are a little bit, a uh, little bit different, then I would then encourage them to come to me with a proposal. I gave them the authority and confidence to make good decisions. And when they had a labor shortage that negatively impacted their speed to support production, we then worked on those strategic things versus checking with me on whether they should or should not accept something. I want you to internalize this because if you are seeing these same things in your area of responsibility, think about what you can do differently. It's not that the people are not capable or they not do their job. They may not know any different in how to behave because of the environment they're in. But you, you as a leader have the opportunity to recognize that maybe they've not been given the confidence, the authority, and the decision-making authorization or, or criteria to make decisions. Again, eliminating waste in your processes. Think about how many emails go back and forth, how many phone calls, how many meetings were just to help people to make decisions. Well, maybe as a leader, strategically, you should establish the criteria, make sure everybody understands it, establish a RACI, which is the roles and the responsibilities of the people, so they know who is responsible for making decisions. That's what a leader does, spend time making those strategic frameworks instead of constantly micromanaging all the decisions. It should not be what you're doing at your level. And lastly, ways of working and barrier removal. We need to do this early in any engagement. I actually, in this particular assignment that I've been referring to, I started for a week, but I had a pre-existing engagement where I had to fly someplace else for a week. But what I did is in those first three days I was there, I established trust with them. And I said to all three shifts, I am going to check in with you daily to make sure you're supported if there's anything urgent. And I will tell you, each one of them says, Deb, I send you an email. I need you to approve this particular thing. I said, great, thank you for bringing it to my attention. I will jump right on that and support you. Same time tomorrow, they said, yep, that's great. I gave them the authority on what they could do when I wasn't there, and they knew that I was there to remove barriers to do their job. I said, at the end of the day, this is all about trust. It's about building their confidence and their capability because ultimately we need teams to work quickly and to eliminate waste. And so that's why I'm talking to you about unleashing their potential, making teams more agile and leaning out all the waste so that they can do their job more efficiently. So I'm sharing all of these stories with you because hopefully you're thinking about this while I'm sharing this with you. Are you in a situation where there's a lot of chaos and a lot of waste because things are not clearly established? Roles, responsibilities, levels of authority, all of these are symptoms of a non-lean, non-agile organization. And I showed up here today. I didn't really want to necessarily start with lean and agile because those are technical terms from the manufacturing world, operations. I didn't want to turn anybody off, but I wanted to really talk about leadership framework that will unleash potentially your people. And I'm hoping all of this did. Now, I will be writing on this in the coming weeks, so you're going to have my framework in a printed format. This is also going to be available on YouTube if you want to replay and really get a feel for the importance of this in your leadership style. As Dave would say to me, I want to see you succeed and I want to leave these thoughts with you so that you can be successful. 
I want you to think about your situation. Are you encountering any of these issues or symptoms? Just know these are going to detract from any initiative that you are responsible for. You need to clear these rocks, these pebbles out of the way so that the team around you can do their job in the most efficient way. Now, if you got this and there is somebody in your network, you say "Hmm, they would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. I would be delighted if you shared it with them. We love downloads of this episode, YouTube videos, because then I know this is providing value. But I also am going to slow it down a little bit because I'm really, really talking to you. If this is bugging you, and you know you're smart, you probably should be able to do this yourself. It's not rocket science, but you just need somebody to talk to about your unique situation, how to apply this, and just talk through this because I would love just 10, 15, 30 minutes with you to just share my thoughts with you based on your unique situation because I want to help you to be successful this year. And if you want to connect with me, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Deborah A. Coviello, or the Drop-In CEO. That's one way you can get a hold of me or go to my website, dropinceo.com, and go to my contact page and just message me. It's all me there on both those platforms answering. And let's just have a short conversation. There is no sales pitch. This is about building a relationship, building trust, and just helping you now because you never know, maybe we would work together in the future. And so with that, I'm grateful again if I didn't thank you in the beginning for showing up. I will thank you for staying with me to the end. And again, just a big thank you for dropping in on the podcast where I have the great fortune and opportunity to use this platform and hopefully influence and inspire you and help you to be successful. So with that, I want to wish you well. I'm bringing this to an end and I just want to leave you with hoping that this is a most successful week and uh, month and year for you. So I just want to say thank you and you be well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring. When you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.